Solo Cup is the best receptacle for barbecues, tailgates, fairs, and festivals, and you, sir, do not have a pair of festivals if you prefer drinking from glass. A Red Solo Cup is cheap and disposable. In 14 years, they are decomposable, and unlike my home, they are not foreclosable. Freddie Mac kissed my back. Red Solo Cup, I fill you up. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. I love you, Red Solo Cup. Red Solo Cup. Were you picked up, Paul? <laughs> Good morning today. Good morning. Today is Wednesday, and this is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM, WNHHLP, where you hear conversation, information, education, inspiration, and motivation, and some even rest solo cup intro from the American Urban perspective. I am your host, Kingsley Osei, and my co-host, Shafiq, is over here questioning me as to did I pick up this intro? Yes, I did pick up this Toby Keith intro, rest solo cup, and I'm trying to have a party because the Democrats pulled it off last night. Big shout oh, out. Oh, for real. That's where we are right now. In wow. the studio today is our special <laughs> guest. We have no special guest. And, um, oh, boy. Somebody says she's hungry. Today on Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bold Minds and Twitter at Bold Minds. Also on my Facebook page, Kinsley O-S-E-I. You can also stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to New Haven Independent.org. Cheers to the rest of the cup. <laughs> Let's who have that? a party. Huh? That's who? That's who? What? You said Red Solo you? Cup? <laughs> you don't know nothing about the Red Solo Cup song, bro? No, I don't even know what that hey, is. Shout out. That's Toby Keith. Oh, no, that is uh, one of my daughter's um, new favorite songs. My daughter's been on some country music. You know, she loves Shatahoochee by Alan Jackson. She really loves Alan Jackson. Uh, she loves Darius Rockers. Not too long ago, he just asked me about the Darius Rucker song. What's the name of the Darius Rucker song you like, babe? He said, hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I, you know, um, I had to play the red solo card because we're trying to have a party for that win last night. Yeah, listen, listen. Think, I, Let me just say that I'm on the, yes. Yeah, red solo card. Let me just say I'm undefeated. Just, just to be clear. I'm it's undefeated. Crazy. I'm it's a on, good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing you're undefeated. I, I, I look, I deserve to celebrate game. because I am undefeated in my calls for elections. Um, mm. This was my last call. Um, last week, you could roll the tape back if you want. If he said Warnock was going to win, I, uh, he said um, Hesha Walker was going to win. I said, no, Warnock got this. I said, he, I said he was likely to win. Yeah, likely or unlikely or whatever. Um, he almost won, dude. I mean, just for name recognition. I'm on a roll, bro. I'm on, I'm on a road. And I also called him a, a, a word that you, I think you was kind of mad at me for saying that he is, um, what did I say? What did I call him? Got you all mad, got you all right up. There's some derogatory stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? I am, you know, I, what I, I'm going to be honest with you. How's my sound today? Because I'm not in my studio. I'm on a mobile studio. How's the sound? Can you hear me? Sound okay. It's gone. Go to me. Is there a delay in my voice? You know, like sometimes I did, I did, I did, I did call him a clown, and you was offended because yeah, nah, I called him. That's it. not good, man. I just, no, don't, you know what I don't like that. That's just not good, man. I don't like that. That. Uh, Are you, you trying know, to kick? You trying to acknowledge now, right? 
Well, you know, you got a black candidate. Man, don't pull that black stuff, man. Don't pull oh, that man, black man. stuff. I'm going to mute you for every second you're trying to pull that black card stuff, man. There were two, here, black, can, there were two black candidates that went at it. One of them is an Ebenezer. Uh, he's, a, he's a pastor um, and everything. You know, he knows the policy. Yeah, yeah, the other yeah, one was talking yeah. about... The other one was talking about werewolves and um, vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Obama, President Obama went in on no. President Obama went in on him so bad. Obama said if he wasn't a candidate, I would have taken it for a joke. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Sorry. So here's the question. Here's a good question, though. So the question remains, did he win because he won? Or did he win? Um, you know, I mean, he obviously won. Obama played a, he, he, played won. a he won because he was a really decent candidate and he ran on, he, he ran on his records. He did run on his, on his records of everything that he, 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 he backed up uh, uh, Biden's policy. Yeah. The fact that Democrats don't like Biden's policy doesn't mean that, you know, nothing was done. Yeah. They just didn't like, I'm, okay, whatever. They just, they just don't like it or mean that it wasn't done. Biden run on whatever it is that he said he was going to do. And, um, you know, the man just run a decent candidacy. You know, yes, they did run eight, over $80 million worth of ads, more, $80 million. And that is just off the runoff alone. And I got, a, some, and I got, a, and and I got a problem with that. What you say? You some negative, you some negative campaigns, though. He did some negative campaign stuff. He did some what? Negative campaign stuff. No, I'm saying the negative campaigns, if it's being run by PACs, you know, you could either control it or you could either let it go. But when you, as a candidate yourself, you out there just, you know, he has so much stuff to run. Of course, Herschel Walker was like given. He was like a Saturday Night Live material. He was, right. he was damn near worse than the things you could do with Trump. I mean, he was giving materials every single day. And here's and here's and I guess here's my thing. Here's my point. This is my concern, and you just qualified it. Herschel Walker, a black candidate, and now suddenly we hear things this morning. You know, uh, he was worse than Trump, and his, his, his Trump says some things, but he's worse than Trump. No, he wasn't. You know, can't be. He can't be. The devil and the boogeyman at the same time. Now, he wasn't so, worth it. He wasn't so, worth it. So sorry. if the issue was he didn't have the experience, we can all agree. If the issue was he wasn't uh, art, uh, articulate or affluent in the nah, music. Nah, articulation. Articulation uh, is fine. a nice one. But if we're going to start getting into, because um, you even you do this, right? So you say one minute, you say, well, uh, former President Trump, uh, did, you know, was behind January 6th and the insurrection, taxes and all this other stuff. But now, based on all of that, yet Herschel Walker is worse than that. Why? Because he's a black guy? No, I'm not articulate. I'm not articulate. It doesn't mean that I'm... Hold up. I'm not, hold up. Let me talk about myself. I'm not articulate. I'm not articulate. If I compare myself to you, I'm not articulate. I think you, you are more articulate than me. I'm that guy that listen to me. Listen to me. You can speak multi languages. I can't. I cannot speak. But, any but you see, language. we could we could go in so many different directions. 
I am that executive director. Then when you want to interview me, I said, let me put my spokesperson on because I done created a spokesperson to do interviews because I don't like, I'm not articulate enough to even talk about my own program, right? So let me put somebody else that could use all the right languages to do it. But right. if we use articulate, that's giving him a pass. The men just have no idea of policies for the job that he's applying for. And when, yeah, when, policies, when he, man. he when was going to develop he, the werewolf act. Uh, he, was gonna, <laughs> he has some policies, man. He was going oh, to make it and, ladies' night at the bar for all well, all werewolves. Man. And so, then you want to talk about the black stuff, like yo. For what I heard, for what I was reading, for what I was reading, Georgian, black people in Georgian said it was such an insult to them that Republicans will put up a black celebrity candidate to take to get their vote. Who couldn't tell them nothing about why they should vote for him? It was an insult to them. So when you put up two black candidates together now, you got to be able to differentiate why should we vote for this black candidate? versus the other. And when you start sending me pictures of Lindsey Graham on the left and Cruz on the right with this dude sandwich in the middle, <laughs> bringing, them to an in, bringing them to an interview to go answer his questions for him, like they're not kidnapped, you know? <laughs> so, so the final vote, what I'm looking at, Warnock got 51.4%, Herschel Walker got 48.6%. Warnock got 1,800,000. 14,841 votes, and Herschel Walker got 1,719,387 votes. So there's, there was a, there was roughly um, about 190,000, about a 90,000 vote split, won by 90,000, which, which to be quite honest with you, is not a lot. 51% of the vote is enough to win. Don't get me wrong. All right. If I ran for office and I get 51% of the vote, I ain't complaining. I won. Right. But in terms of when we think about it, and I would agree with you in terms of the intellect and just the putting both side by side, even the Republican um, um, analysts have said that Warnock ran up against more of the machine. He ran up against a formidable, a formidable opponent. So the question becomes: If the Republicans put a formidable opponent up against, um, up against him, right? That there would be a tougher race. Okay, so let me answer that. First of all, remember that this is a historic. Um, this was a historic win for black because this is the first black candidate. This is the first black U.S. senator serving a full term in the state of Georgia. If you listen right. to that man, if you listen to that man's speech last night, it will give you chills. Okay, yeah. so um, I use the word that you hate, purple state. Remember, if you look on their electoral map, Georgia mm -hmm. is bloody red spread it out all over. So that part of where their black vote yeah. is, yeah. they needed to do whatever they needed to do to smoke their vote out of there. Because the entire yeah. Georgia is all red. So when we start making a comparison as to he only got less than 100 to win. No, even if he got five to win, it's a big deal because this state is turning from red to purple to until we can actually take the governorship from them. But it, it, mm. it tells you a whole lot. So here's the thing, and I think this is what kind of gets Republicans nervous. 
be honest with you, and I and I think what gets white voters nervous. You use the language, you know, we got the first black, and you know, and like you said, hey, this is historic. Now we're and now we are in Congress. Soon we will get um, the governor's seat in Georgia, and I think what really concerns um, conservatives and white voters and Republicans is the concept around identity politics. Why does it have to be we get this and we get that? If if a white candidate or or a group of white constituents says, you know what, next time we going to take back um, the Senate from Warnock, and then we going to be back in control of Georgia, and we going to make sure that Stacey Abram and none of them yeah, I mean, we would we would kind of freak out. So how do we have a conversation? And I understand where you go. I get it. But how do you have a conversation in a way where you can truly celebrate accomplishment of African American um, African American leader in politics without making it seem like it's a retaliation? Right. They got to change up. They got to change the policy. I mean, this is the same people that try to do that. You know, Republicans have this thing where they got to do voter suppression in order to win. They do voter suppression, dude. You know, they I gotta... watched the dude. <laughs> I watched CNN. So the dude came on. So Don Don Lemon had a guy had a black guy come on. I think he was a professor, and they and he said you have to go on an app, or you could go to an app to see how long the lines are. So he, he said all lines is like two hours, found one for 90 minutes. He had children, him and his wife. He had to try to figure out sort of time they could stay in line. He, he was in line for about 70 to 90 minutes. Then after he got out of that line, they put you in a room. They give you an application. He said, now you got to fill out driver's license, um, all this other information. He said the same information that they would have had on the registration card they would make you fill that out. Then the person would review that, then they take the application, they put it in the computer. Then after you did that, they sent you off to yet another line where you would stand in line, give your name again, you give your name again, and they would give you the piece of paper and then you would finally go vote. So he said that in itself added something like another hour and a half to the <laughs> process, right? So. First thing I thought about was, what if you're not really good at writing? Right. You know, I got like arthritis in my hands, but sometimes my writing is horrible depending on the day it is, right? Or what if you just don't really know how to write? There's a lot of people that still don't know how to write in cursive or print or they prefer not to. Some people have reading challenges. I can't, maybe if you didn't bring your glasses, right? I can't even remember the last time I brought reading glasses. People who bring reading glasses to Go vote. You're like, I know who I'm voting for. This thing is big enough. So they definitely did some gatekeeping procedures, um, which oh, could have did, changed. They did, cut out, they did cut out the Saturday, and they had to go sue to get their back on the Saturday of the uh, of the uh, Thanksgiving. You see, so my whole so thing. Do you is, think those things piss people off? I mean, like, so let's talk about in concept. It, it does piss it does piss people off because it, I'm gonna let you finish that, but it does piss people off because we are good for saying that our vote doesn't count, and that our vote doesn't count that really works on people when people don't understand the way Congress works and the way the electoral colleges and all that, it makes they really get to get our votes doesn't count. So the question is, yes, my love. 
Okay. You got to keep reminding them, if your vote doesn't count, then why are they doing working so hard to suppress you? That is, you know, so those are the little things that should piss you off to say, you know what? F that, man. I'm going out to vote. But we need to learn to come out on the day of election to vote because this whole thing about them trying to suppress um, the, the, the early voting, knowing that their people will show up and we may not show up, we need to change that. Let's talk about Stacey Abrams. Before we do that, let's go to station ID. This is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP. I am your host, Kinsley Osei, my co-host, Shafiq. And if you are just joining us today on the Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bold Mindset, Twitter, also on my Facebook page, Kinsley O-S-E-I. You can also stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. We have so much to cover. And um, before we even talk about Stacey Abrams, first of all, let me give you a big shout out for a very wonderful weekend that um, we had. Um, you know, I called my oh, friend. Yeah, I, I called you friend, up, bro. I called my friend Shafiq, you know, um, that, hey, I'm around, you know, let's hook up for a cigar talk and uh, the next thing you know we turned it into something real big I invited a few friends he invited a few friends and um, the next thing you know it's like a podcast it's like grown men having it was a non-state podcast I mean the conversation went into financing family gun violence social the life and Kanye, yeah. it started off with Kanye and it just ended up in a very good place. And, um, you know, you know, good bourbons, good cigars definitely bring a lot of good um, conversation and good food. And um, so, you know, I, I definitely want to thank you for that hospitality of, um, you know, us putting this thing together randomly and making. And then in Bridgeport, um, you know, I did the same thing in um, Bridgeport, but not on that level. I just invited a few of my my friends to the um my guy's restaurant is called 29 Marco Court. Very nice restaurant. I tagged you in on it. Ate one of the best steaks I've had in a very long time. And we're gonna invite him to the show. Uh, my guy, Chef Damien, and his boy, um, his partner Wes. I mean, that is a very beautiful thing they're doing in Bridgeport. So we're gonna invite them to the show to you know to give them um some coverage. So, yes, if you're in Bridgeport, go down there and um check them out. All right. So um, you want to talk to uh, you want to talk about Stacy, um, but it's a lot to cover. So go ahead. Yeah, no. So you know, um, it's just interesting as I listened to you know yesterday, Van Jones and others, and they talked about um, how this thing with Stacy's been ten years in the making, and this has been a long time coming, and just interesting to see people's perspective. Like, okay, yeah, Warnock won. Obama came down. Certainly was a collective effort in order to win. Um, and, you know, it happened. So the question, you know, the, I guess the question that I have now is, what is Stacey going to get? We're not going to go. Is Biden going to give Stacey a nice post? That's my question. Stacy is a mobilizer, so you know. It, it, no, no, sure. no, 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 no. She's Stacy is trying to run for governor. My question is: Is she going to now? Get, you know, 
appoint her to the secretary of, I don't know. Stacey can get whatever she wants to an certain extent. You know what I'm saying? Because Stacey has shown her power of being able to turn Georgia into a purple state, which is a very, it's a more of a big deal. Like we haven't really got it into a reality of what is really going on in Georgia. For us to even try, for her to even try to make an attempt to almost get that Georgia governorship seat is such a big deal. We don't really see it like that. We take it for granted. Like it's so easy to, you know, for Georgia to really turn blue. Um, yeah, you know, shout to President Obama. He did help turn a lot of these red states into purple, turning some into blue. And it's been hard to really maintain it um, ever since. It brought a reality to these people that, hey, hold up, hold up. We got to do some more voter suppression because we can't let this stuff go. And my thing, what saddens me is, it's like sports. The rules are set for both sides. The, the refs, you know, it doesn't change. It, it, you know, it's set for both sides, the same rules, right? So if you got good policies, put it up and let your voters come out and vote. Mitch McConnell, in the beginning of this election, did not want his people to talk about policies. He, you know, he said that in his own words. He did not want them to talk about policy, and they also wanted to dodge debates. Because if they don't have to debate, that's also part of them dodging, not talking about policy. So it wasn't a surprise that Democrats had started to You had some people not doing debates. I mean, you had Chuck Schumer. He was running against uh, Joe Pinion in New York for uh, the seat. And Chuck Schumer was like, I'm not debating him. He would not debate him. Well, um, to, to Democrats' credit, even like um, what happened in Arizona, some of these Demo uh, Republican candidates, that, that the Margus, they are such a cult that you cannot debate them because it's not going to be a substantive debate. It's not. It's like debating Trump. It's not happening. You know, that's what I mean. I've learned how to debate people that, you know, it has to make some sense. We just cannot be debating. If it's not going anywhere, then it makes no sense to debate. You know, so yes, you know, if they choose not to debate because it's not going to make any sense, I applaud them for not doing it. Mm. You know, but so, you know, so, so you're saying that you're saying you're a person can you you're saying it's okay for I'm 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 confused because I'm not trying to I'm not trying to pick and choose, but my point is if they are willing to debate and debate on the substance, then everybody should debate. First of all, everybody needs to debate, but if somebody chooses not to debate because because they, it's not going to be a fair debate. You're not going to be talking about nothing, which has been proven that these MAGA candidates wasn't about talking about nothing. First of all, they haven't been talking about anything. Nobody knows any policy. Tell me any policy Majority Taylor Green is backing that really benefits real American yeah, people. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that. You know, these people are known for just backing Second Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights, first, you know, Freedom of speech, Second Amendment rights, and they're writing that all the way to winning elections with it. So, so, what, so, all right, so now here's a question. So now the Democrats, um, you know, they got some control. What should we expect to see different in America? How is life going to be different on the ground for the average American? I want to know. First of all, it takes two to make things go right. Uh, the economy is the economy is trash. No, Democrats haven't taken over nothing. Democrats have not taken over nothing. Matter of fact, let me reverse that. Republicans have taken over their house. So, you know, um, when they ask Joe Biden, what are you going to do different? 
I did like his answer, but he could have added on to his answer. He said there's nothing to change because they've been passing legislations. He's got stuff out there that Republicans have been rejecting. Um, you know, you know, as much as they like to beat on Joe Biden, Joe Biden is one of the most bipartisan presidents that we could get. And you used to know that because you get mad that he's not using his pen to well, sign. Well, well, we, got, we got all of that, but the question becomes, how is this now going to impact same-sex marriage? How is it going to impact? And I gave you, I gave you an answer that we didn't benefit. I, I gave you an answer that we did not benefit. We actually just took one of the seats that they should have got. We took a, a Senate seat from them, turned it from 50-50 to 51-49, but they got the House. And what are they going to do with the House? That's the question that you should be asking. They said they're going to do a whole lot of investigations. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. And the question should be, what does that do for you in your life? With a whole lot of Hunter they Biden. Gonna Biden they're going to come for Hunter Biden and they're going to hold him hostage for his <laughs> father. That's what they're going to do. They're going to hold know, him hostage. Yeah. They, they got a... a you know that. They got a, what you call it, 2.0. Uh, what's, what's the name that they did to Hillary? Uh, Benghazi 2.0. Yeah. But, the question, but I go back again. The question is, there's three hot topics on the national scene. Same-sex marriage, abortion, and the assault weapons ban. So what happens with those three? Assault weapons ban. Those are three in our face issues outside of outside of inflation recession, mm-hmm. to include highest gas and grocery prices, right? Um, American job growth. So how how do we bring more companies back? into the United States um, and get that revenue and job here. You know, what, what are we doing? You know, and then, who's, and then, who's of course, the ball then of course, immigration control, right? Of course, border okay. control. Who's caught the ball on? When the last time you see Republicans trying to do anything about immigration rather than talking about every problem that it has and rallying up their base to go vote for them? Okay, at some point, we when we met Saturday, we said that, you know what, we know what the problem is. We're not going to be doing a whole lot of talking about the problem. Let's talk about solution. All right. So, you know, Republicans are very loud about gun violence. Um, no, not about gun violence. They don't talk, they don't bring the word gun in. They talk about violence. The only time they bring gun in, the only time they bring gun in is when they want to talk about Chicago. That's when they talk about gun violence. So they get so loud about violence and gun violence in Chicago. They get very loud about immigration. Well, we still do have, so I guess the other part is, I mean, look. So now uh, that they have the house, what are now that they have the house, what kind of laws are they going to pass to solve these problems? That's my that should be your question because now they got a house where the bills are being, the laws are being you know passed what, before what, it gets to the Senate. We need what are they going to do about that? I mean, what do you think we need? What do you think we get, we need to do? Because we do have gun violence. We do got a massive. I'm, I'm sorry, we have a massive yeah gun violence issue around the country. You have, some, you have some of the answers, and you know one of the answers you never like that you know common sense gun control. There is common sense gun control laws out there that Republicans refuse to touch. So you know I'm not going to keep beating this horse about NRA having a hold on the your party, and these people refuse. I mean people are dying every day, and all we hear is you know prayers and thought. The, the Republicans, um, what do you call it? The Republicans' law to dealing with this thing is prayers and thought, prayers and thoughts. That's what we hear every time. Prayers and thought. 
there's a video I want there's a video I want to play for you. There's a video I want to play for you. It's a 30 seconds video of um um the the, the, the people that the, the cops, the police officers that died at the uh, Capitol. You remember? Yeah. Right. So the family went to um Congress or the White House yesterday, and um this happened. They I guess they had some medals and um they're trying to shake some hands and they walk past Mitch McConnell and um they walk past Mitch McConnell and uh what's his name? Without shaking his hand, uh, McCarthy. I don't know if you've seen that. Did you, did you see? I normally send you this video. No. It's a 30 second video. Hold up, right here. Uh, can you see the screen? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what we are showing you is, hold on, let me revise it. What we are showing you is um, the family. Watch this. The family of the deceased police officers that died at the January 6th Capitol, shaking hands, they, sh they shook Chuck Schumer's hand, they shook Nancy's hand. Mitch McConnell got his hands up. They are holding the medals, but they're not shaking. They walk past them, they walk past them. Yes, they basically snubbed them. So they, so they will not shake the hands of the, the family, will not shake the hands of the, uh, his brothers, will not shake the hands of the GOP. No, they wouldn't shake their hands because they say that they are hypocrites. Um, first of all, these people did not even, Trump did not even raise the flags for the police officers that died. Um, Republicans wanted to shut down the investigation, which have currently indicted, not only indicted, but, you know, the, the, the uh, old keepers, people that actually was behind all these activities have been um, found guilty. Um, if... The investigation didn't go forward. None of this would have happened. But these same people that are standing out there with their hands open, ready to shake these people's hands, are the same people that wanted to shut these investigations down. Moral of the story. Yeah, I mean, listen, I talked with, um, uh, you know, one of the presidents of FOP and a couple of the Fraternal Order of Police, other folks at the national level, even before January 6th. And, you know, what I had been saying throughout this whole, I guess you would say, pre-Trump era, um, watching people on TV with, with the you know Blue Lives Matter flag and all that stuff, I called the FOP and said, why are they got this flag? Why are people taking on this flag? This is not even, in the real world, there's civilians and there's law enforcement. And, Blue Lives Matter flag is really a law enforcement flag. And it's a flag that particularly is for fallen officers. It's not a flag that be displayed as a new banner. You know, it's, it's crazy. And now it is. Now it's been coined, unfortunately, at, at that. But what even made it more disturbing was to see people at the Capitol claiming to be patriots, the blue light. Lives Matter flag, killing police officers under the name of that flag. That's absolutely disgusting. Um, that's absolutely disgusting. So I have a serious problem with that. It's a, it's a serious. It, it would almost be like, um, well, I don't want to use comparison. They're probably always trying to be good at comparisons and then screw them up and get in trouble. I don't want to use it. I don't want to screw them and get in trouble. But, you know, the Blue Lives Matter flag, the history of that flag is falling. 
fallen officer killed in the line of duty. That is what that flag was supposed to represent. I was a police officer for 21 and a half years. That flag didn't even surface itself, really, and <clears throat> until the Black Lives Matter movement, particularly around the Tamir Rice shooting, which kind of sparked it after George, after Mike Brown. And then some FOP officials in the Midwest said, well, if Black Lives Matter, who lives matter? And then that flag kind of took on that meaning just for the cops. I was at a conference in Florida with the president of that particular area. He admitted um, during the meeting when I challenged him about all of this stuff that that was a bad idea. Looking back, that they wished that they had not taken that approach by saying blue lives matter because they realized by saying it, they were discounting what what black people were trying to say Definitely. about the state of policing at the time. Right. That was phase one. Phase two was when President Trump was running for office and you've got Republicans and white, other white people in the Midwest and around the country now making it their Black Lives Matter movement for white people. And it was like, no, man, you got people holding the flag. They don't even like cops. Like, we assume that white people, all white people like the police. You know, people are people. Everybody does not like police. Everybody don't like the police, no matter how conservative they are. And most people do not want, I think it's just natural that most Americans do not want the police in their everyday business. And everybody can't be a cop. It's a very um, signature industry. So I had definitely got a problem still to this day. I'm like, you know, I'm not they, they, they made it them versus us. They took the U.S. flag and turned it into a blue, blue like the fact that somebody would go to the right. steps of the Capitol, even with an American flag. I mean, I think it's wrong. It's, it's all wrong. You know, you you're there with an American flag, you're killing cops. You're there with a blue lives flag, you're killing cops. I know. So that just in the name of in the name of democracy, that incident was one of the most unpatriotic instance in modern day America because it was just so much, it was crazy. Um it was absolute crazy. I, I always but talk about I always talk about how we invade other countries that do stuff like that. We were known, we police the world for stuff like that. So to to see a Congress whose lives were attacked to even try to block investigations into what matters and whitewash it. And like I said, you know, I told a lot of my uh, youth students to, you know, I said, you may not be able to watch it live, but go back and really watch it because history will be, um, will not be told exactly as, have. depending on what library you end up at, it's going to be the That's book true. that you're going to read. It's not one size fit all. It's, you know, you end up in the wrong library, you're going to pick up the wrong book and it's not going to tell you the truth. So you need to watch it. You need to read it as it's unfolding. Watch it as it's unfolding so you could tell your kids and your grandkids about it. You know, you're going to remember 20, 30 years from now, you're going to be like, oh, 20, 30 years from now. I remember watching that video. <laughs> I, I, I personally don't, I don't, I don't even honestly think they're going to have to remember 20, 30 years from now. I think that the, the, the January 6th incident was just really the tip of the iceberg of more incidents to follow in this country. That wasn't a shutdown. That, that 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 whole incident, that wasn't like a one and done. I mean, we just had 
uh, a power grid taken out in, in North Carolina. So I was like, oh my God, they shot up the dude. You know what it takes to they take down a power grid? They took down a power grid, two power grids, 16 miles apart, um, and shut 40,000 people without power in rural um, North Carolina. So if you took down a power grid in, you know, a metropolitan city, you know, maybe within 10 square blocks, that's 40,000 customers. But you're talking about taking out a power grid in a rural area like North Carolina. You're talking uh, 40,000 homes. The town may only have 20,000. Talking about putting an entire town in the dark. You're just not putting a town in the dark. Take out a power grid. You are people who um, are relying on life emergency saving um, CPAP machines, um, you know, whatever, right? Oxygen machines, um, other types of medical emergencies. They told people that, um, you know, basically stay in your house, they had to put a curfew in. This is not the first time, 2013. Incident like this happened in California, and they attributed to a white nationalist group um, or white nationalist, and then it happened again. I believe it was in California, another part of California. And, and even this sheriff in North Carolina has alluded that there may be a group, um, uh, um, some type of domestic. So, so Shafiq, so Shafiq, we got seven minutes left on the radio, and uh, let me use it as a segue. Um, all this stuff is driven from somewhere. And for me, it's driven from our public officials to begin with, because that is where the laws are being made and they can be the ones to really put a break on all this stuff. So we have one side of the government, the leader of a party that is going after FBI, the institution. And at the same time, that same person wants to be, that same person is the candidate, which is from the candidate of a party running for a president. So we have the presidential candidate who is going after the institution. He doesn't believe in the institution, but he also wants to be the head of that institution. Um, the latest thing is Trump calls for suspending the constitution. And this is what kills me about how Republicans move the goalposts of what they want out of the constitution and what they don't like out of it. And at the same time, they are the champions of the constitution. Shafiq, I'm not sure if you heard what I just said. You cannot make this stuff up, okay? These people are the champions of First Amendment right. These people are the champions of the Second Amendment rights and every right that you can think of. But as, at the same time, when Trump says that he wants to, he's, he's calling to suspend the constitution, Jim Jordan is quiet. Yeah, crazy. Cruz is quiet. Cruz has been running his own political career on being a champion of the Constitution, and he hasn't said nothing yet. Talk to me, bro. I don't know. I mean, Harry did just post something in there where I have heard high intellectual conversations of people saying things like, uh, you know, the Constitution was written by 55 young white, young and middle-aged white who went in a room, it did not include women in the room, you know, and no other race in the room, uh, certainly black people. And they all got together and they wrote a constitution based on their own interests. Um, I will say that those guys are pretty intelligent because they did put together a pretty decent document 
246, 48 years old is still standing, um, and it has been amended, obviously, time, various amendments. So I don't believe that we need to rip up a commission. I don't think, you know, do we need some new amendments added to it? Definitely. Uh, and if that is what needs to happen, then let's just have a conversation and um, start talking about adding those amendments. And part of the problem is it's hard to have a conversation about amendments when we have a, 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 a government divided and people do not feel the inclusivity of democracy. And that's what I think you have to get. You got to get back to the inclusivity of democracy, not just at the national level, not just at the local level um, or the state level, but even at the local level. People have to feel um, that they are, are a part of the governmental process. And that really starts with a really hard personal vision um, of an interior fight, register to vote, and vote, and to follow up with that vote. It's like playing basketball. I used to play basketball, they would say, make the shot, because you're like, I'm going to make this shot. Confidence you're going to make the shot. They said, follow the shot up in case you miss so that you can get the rebound. That's really what we got to do. We got to make the personal decision to, to make sure we're registered to vote. Then we've got to follow that candidate. We need to vote. And then we need to follow up after that vote and keep, keep, keep you know, keep ourselves informed and be ready for the next and be ready to take on a position on a, on a, a, a commission and be civically engaged, volunteer. But we're not going to get this thing better by sitting on the sidelines, armchair revolutionaries, sitting on the armchair and talking about it. Got to get out there and do it. So I think that's the difference. And why do we do that? The daughter. Doing it for your daughter. Let me, let's close out on the radio. This is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP. I am your host, Kinsley Osei, and my co-host, Shafiq. And if you are just joining us, in the last part of our show, you can follow the conversation on Facebook at Bull Mice and Twitter at Bull Mice. Also, on my Facebook page, Kinsley O S E I, Twitter at C A V B P T. And you can also stream this show and the previous shows on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Thank you for joining us. Remember, Urban Talk Radio airs every Wednesday at 11 a.m. I repeat, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Not 11.15, not 11.20. Just fired at 11 a.m.
Right about now, I want to give much respect to Donnie Hathaway. Coming up with the groove. Yeah, we'd like to bring it back to 1994. My name is C.C. Rogers. Chilling out with Jester Funk. Said a little something like this. It went down like this.
little song like this. 